Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Teams Talk debate. The participants of this debate are myself, Soham Joshi, Sri Vishnu Vusirikala, Rohan Joshi, Chetan Padavala, Surya Sivakumar, and Nidhi Iyengar. Welcome to the show, guys. So today's debate prompt is, is there solid justification for regarding knowledge in the natural sciences more highly than another area of knowledge? Mm. So true, I'm completely in agreement with this statement. Yes, the natural sciences must be regarded more highly than any other area of knowledge. The most obvious reason is that the natural sciences have helped and have ultimately led to sophisticated inquiries in fields of applied science. Modern advancements in technology, medicine, architecture are the results of these applied natural sciences. Without science, this TOK podcast itself would not have been possible. The scientific methods used in the natural sciences provide solid facts and the results help explain observed behavior. Additionally, the observation of scientific phenomena in itself is excellent evidence to justify the existence of a new piece of knowledge. With the natural sciences, emotion or human bias don't determine the result of the new knowledge, unlike in other inquiries such as social sciences, art, psychology. The natural sciences use scientific methods and the results are always based on facts. The natural sciences don't run on the whims of some who may argue this objective question. Take the arts for example. The knowledge in the arts is incredibly subjective. It depends on the emotional appeals and opinions of the viewer. Perception of art determines the knowledge possessed about the art. So what's the use of knowledge if it's so opinion-based? Knowledge is not opinion and opinion is not knowledge. We must understand just because we want something to be true does not make it true. The natural sciences are the only area of knowledge that was universally pre-existing even before it was discovered. The very basic building blocks of life are made of biochemicals sustained with adequate biophysical mechanisms. On the other hand, essentially all other areas of knowledge are dependent on humanity and human cognitive abilities. For example, the social sciences, that is history and economics, they exist because of human society. Psychology is just another such inquiry, which studies conscious and unconscious phenomena of the human mind and cannot be proven with solid empirical data. Observed phenomena in the arts, history, psychology, and others are never clear or definite because they are influenced by varying abilities of human cognizance. Hence, the natural sciences are superior to all other inquiries because they're unbiased, objective, and based on solid evidence. I wonder if Sri Vishnu may have a different point. Vishnu, do you want to add or would you like to say otherwise? I certainly would like to add my own views to this. So, um, I'm sorry to say, but I do not agree with your point. The natural sciences are not the only area of knowledge that has solid justification. Sure, it may be easier to notice this in the natural sciences, but that does not mean that the other areas lack this altogether. The area of knowledge with the clearest evidence for this is probably mathematics. <laughs> Once the rules of mathematics are established, all other observations and discoveries can be made from them the same way it works in the natural sciences as well. No result in the field of math is the result of a guess or an assumption. Everything is due to logical deduction and analysis from prior existing knowledge. <coughs> These results 
build onto the already ex established framework and provide a bigger platform for further mathematicians to work on down the line. Since all work done in mathematics is based on early, earlier work, it is probably, obviously, safe to say that knowledge in this field has some of the strongest justification possible. Similarly, the field of history can also be backed with considerably so strong justifications. History tends to be a very evidence-based field, so any knowledge in the field can only be assured once historians and archaeologists gather concrete proof to justify the assertions they make. Without this evidence, their assertions remain as such and cannot be classified as true knowledge. For this reason, clearly, we can conclude that history also lies amongst those fields like mathematics that have solid justification for knowledge in the field. Even the natural sciences have not always had solid justification to back up what they termed as knowledge. Take, for example, some of the works of the Greek polymath Aristotle. Hailed as the forefather of modern science, Aristotle made several contributions to the field as we know today. Due to this reputation that he had, almost every statement he made in the field was taken as knowledge, even if it wasn't. Several such results, thought though incorrect, were considered knowledge by scientists for a long time till other scientists took the effort to change these perceptions. <coughs> One famous example of this is Aristotle's idea that the universe is geocentric or that it revolved around the earth when in fact the solar system revolved around the sun. Despite the efforts of scientists like Nicholas Copernicus and Galileo Galilei to bring the heliocentric system to light, people backed by the church due to their belief that God considered man to be his greatest creation and would put him in the center of the universe, refused to believe what is true knowledge in favor of something that sat well for them. How is that for true justification? Is this not enough proof that knowledge in the natural sciences does not have the strongest justification? I would love to hear Rowan's views on this topic. Thank you. Well, I kind of agree with Vishnu's views, but mathematics is more of a tool to me. And maybe this is just me being biased as a student of the natural sciences, but they are generally much more predictive of universal behavior than the human sciences. The crux of the problem, you see, comes down to the variables involved in each of the sciences. Take economics. It infamously relies on the assumption of the rational consumer. But is there a rational consumer? For that matter, is there a rational producer? Take this. In Texas, companies famously reduce power output instead of increasing it, due to, even due to high demand. Why? To make profit, human emotion. Coming to mathematics being highly regarded, I say that mathematics in and of itself is an abstract construct. We say with absolute certainty that concepts like 1 plus 1 equals 2 are true, but in the end, they are just abstractions made up by us to justify reality. Is math effective? Yes, absolutely. But the degree of realness as such an area of knowledge can be regarded in terms of how it helps us understand the universe. And indeed, math is but a tool that allows us to model the universe. Conversely, the observations of natural sciences, say, for example, that a ball falls from the height when it is dropped, that it accelerates, is indisputable because, the sensor, because our senses perceive it. Tell me this, can one touch or perceive the concept of, say, a vector? No, they cannot but the action of falling itself is perceivable. Now, it may seem bizarre, but isn't the point of inquisition to learn about the functioning of the universe? Math is just a tool, while the natural sciences are much more, let's say, tangible. 
As such, justification for facts in the natural sciences is much easier to come by. Knowledge in the natural sciences, of course, comes from the practice of observation, hypothesis, experiment, and conclusion. As Soham rightly said, science doesn't factor in emotional or psychological biases of the human mind. I will also add that the natural sciences are directly based on something that mathematics seems to lack, aka observation. One cannot see that 1 plus 1 make 2 any more than one can observe another abstract concept such as, say, I don't know, a spherical cow. It is an idealized argument, and while humans are rightfully prone to such propositions, it doesn't make it any more worthy of being easily justifiable or verifiable for that matter. Another argument against the natural sciences that Vishnu made is that the natural sciences have not always had relevance. That's untrue. Well, firstly, it defeats the purpose of the question being in a simple present tense. The past is irrelevant. So, that's just me being pedantic. I will return to my argument. So, the natural scientists had a few missteps. But, isn't that the point of natural science being effective science? No science is perfect. But, one has to admit that natural science simply has more predictive power. I have explained this before. But, Aristotle can't be blamed for being wrong. Neither can Kepler, Galileo, or anyone who believed in those geocentric models, which, despite being descriptively incorrect, still allowed ancient astronomers to model the stars and constellations and make predictions, and as such even shape the calendar you live your life by, Vishnu. Compare this to human proposition. That's, let's say, all voters in a particular region will vote for a particular candidate. Well, this logic cannot be applied to all human behavior because it is simply too chaotic to follow and to make a hypothesis of. All human hypotheses are just simply incomplete and they're constrained to be so. Compared to natural sciences where even wrong hypotheses can be effective to serve practical purposes. What happens in human sciences? You predict that the stock market will crash because 10,000 people lost their jobs and it rises. You predict an inverse relation. And the next day, due to, there is more unemployment, but the stock prices increase, and you say, hmm, maybe I was wrong. And then a day after that, as, un as employment rises, so the stock prices, and you scramble your head as a poor, though well-paid, of course, economist, who has to wait till tomorrow to learn why what they predicted yesterday did not happen today. And lastly, if humanities are even to be categorized and we learn to predict each and every single human thought. Doesn't this stop being a human science and become a natural science instead? I would like to hear what Chetan has to say about this. Oh boy, I follow a very emphatic but downright incorrect proposition argument. I'm here to explain why it is objectively incorrect to regard the knowledge in the natural sciences to be greater than any other area of knowledge. I'd like to begin my my I'd like to begin with a point from Soham. You talked about the application of the knowledge of the natural sciences as a reason for regarding the knowledge from the natural sciences to be more important than the knowledge in the other areas of knowledge. To the proposition side I ask, is it not just as important for the applications of knowledge to be recognized and accepted by the world for it to reach its peak importance? Well, absolutely. And how is this possible? Through marketing and the human sciences. As much as the proposition side 
argues that something as subjective as human sciences cannot be equal or more important than the objective natural sciences, most of the things accepted in today's world are due to the human sciences and the understanding of consumer behavior. Oh, and to pick up some scrap, Rohan, an entire sector in economics called behavioral economics is dedicated towards understanding genuine consumer behavior as it is, not as it must be. The study here accompanies the previous point to show that the dissemination of knowledge is just as important as the knowledge itself. For example, I can upload a research paper and it would not be recognized unless it is publicized. Therefore, a thorough understanding of the human sciences is imperative for the applications of the knowledge in the natural sciences to be recognized and hence, knowledge in the human sciences must at least be equal in importance to that of the natural sciences. In case the point has not been drilled in yet, why do healthcare companies and tech companies have large marketing and PR teams? Hmm, I wonder why. Moving on. Development of knowledge in the natural sciences is sometimes inhibited by social factors such as gender discrimination and racism. Therefore, knowledge in the areas of knowledge is just as important as that of the natural sciences to tackle these issues. The argument here is that the inhibitor of knowledge in the natural sciences and knowledge in general is at least as important, if not more important, than the knowledge itself. Once the inhibitor is dealt with and removed, knowledge and its development can be propagated and acquired. Finally, let us look at an integral part of the natural sciences. Knowledge in the natural sciences is verified through experiments that often involve mathematical values to test relationships. However, mathematics is so vast, it is observed as a separate area of knowledge altogether. And so, it is not a part of the natural sciences. If mathematics is not a natural science, but has such an integral and significant role in the natural sciences, clearly the natural sciences cannot be more important than mathematics itself. After all, most physics would be impossible without mathematical concepts, equations and relationships. Although Rohan argues that the seeming intangibility of mathematics leads to it not being as credible as the natural sciences. Tell me, if your tangible concepts are proved by intangible mathematics, how can you say that knowledge is greater in the natural sciences than mathematics? Without mathematics, more than half of physics remains as beliefs. Yes, the ball is accelerating, but prove it to me without mathematics. Go on then. Let's not dis get distracted. Clearly, there is no solid justification for considering the natural sciences to be greater than the other areas of knowledge. These points prove that there's no solid justification for considering the natural sciences to be superior, superior than the other areas of knowledge because they're simply too dependent on the other areas of knowledge. Without the other areas of knowledge, a major chunk of the knowledge in the natural sciences would simply remain as beliefs 
because no independent experiment can verify them without the use of the other areas of knowledge. I would love to hear the proposition side's response to this. So although I agree with some of the points brought up by Chetan, my primary viewpoint is that the natural sciences are far more capable of explaining how the universe around us works because they make use of empirical evidence to come to provable conclusions. The same cannot be said about any human science because of its lack of objectivity that stems from the role of emotion and bias, as mentioned earlier by Soham. I'd like to begin by addressing some of the points that Chetan made about application of knowledge from the human sciences, such as marketing. I think he failed to consider that the effectiveness of these applications of knowledge is heavily reliant on how the knowledge itself is perceived by the consumer. This is because the knowledge from the human sciences tends to be open to interpretation, even if it's not meant to be. On the other hand, the dissemination of knowledge from the natural sciences can be done with almost absolute uncertainty that it can provide a deeper and objective understanding about a certain topic with relevant facts and observations to the average consumer. This is the reason why the media tends to publicize work done in the natural sciences less reluctantly than work done in the human sciences. So even if the human sciences were recognized as much as the natural sciences, it isn't a given that it would have the same effect on humanity itself. Moreover, scientific breakthroughs are rare as they take time, money, and a lot of effort for them to occur. So when one does take place, more value would be placed on it being documented than, of, than that of some breakthrough in the human sciences. Also, Chetan asked the rhetorical question, why do healthcare companies and tech companies have large marketing and PR teams? However, this point does, doesn't disprove the claim that applications of human sciences are less superior. All it does is reinforce the fact that applications of human sciences are existent in today's world. Nevertheless, if one wants to dive deeper into that specific example, let's look at the two types of organizations that were mentioned, which were healthcare companies and tech companies. Both these entities make use of the natural sciences to create their primary product or service. And the marketing aspect is just complementary to the primary task. And I think this encapsulates the difference in importance between the knowledge in the natural sciences and the human sciences, as one does tend to play second fiddle to the other in a lot of situations that are even more complex than the one that's discussed here. Now let's move on to the points discussed about mathematics. Although math is abstract and another AOK altogether, its objective and logical nature makes it very similar to that of the natural sciences. Therefore, the two intertwine and work well together in a lot of areas. I acknowledge that the natural sciences cannot exist without mathematics. However, that does not necessarily mean that the knowledge in the natural sciences can be regarded more highly than human sciences because math is just used as a tool as mentioned earlier by Rohan. This tool is used to comprehend and further understand the concepts discovered in the natural sciences. The natural sciences, after all, are concrete and definite in nature. So in conclusion, these points prove that there is solid justification to claim that the natural sciences are superior to other areas of knowledge because of the evidence-based knowledge that they provide. And this knowledge tends to be irrefutable and it holds more value. But I would love to hear Nidhi's views on this topic. Um, so thank you, Surya. While I acknowledge your point of view, I would thoroughly disagree with your analysis of the natural sciences superiority. I believe that it's exactly this pride in the hierarchy of knowledge that builds structures that prevent us from acknowledging new breakthroughs and perspectives and to grow our world. 
Regarding the recurring point about the subjectivity of human sciences, I would like to assert that knowledge objectivity does not imply superiority. The human sciences are a lens into human behavior, which is far more nuanced and less predictable than the laws of nature. There would be no purpose in study itself if human behavior was as predictable and concrete as a few theoretical laws. We like to believe that the empirical nature of the natural sciences makes them independent of bias, but bias is existent in every field that we are involved in. Conformational bias, observational bias, and even research bias, the list goes on. Every stage of the scientific process is also subject to human bias, a flaw that is ever so often used to devalue the human sciences. Given the role of society in human pursuit of knowledge, the natural sciences cannot proceed forward without the human sciences. The human sciences are a bridge between new knowledge and its wider audience. How would we know which relevant facts and information to provide to the average consumer without an understanding of the societal implications of a study, the effect on societal functioning, and the average response of a citizen to such information? Natural sciences may have valuable breakthroughs, as my opponent stated, but these have no application and distribution in the real world without the human sciences. Applicability of the human sciences is not merely complementary to a task. The value we associate with knowledge does not come from fame and media coverage, but from its ability to make a difference in the world we live in. Natural and human sciences are intertwined in the betterment of our society. They may get the most media attention for their findings, but human sciences work in the background to keep our society stable. Proclaiming the superiority of natural sciences, like our opposition, is a privileged standpoint that has very little awareness of the intricacies of disseminating knowledge in the real world. To conclude, each AOK in TOK offers an invaluable perspective of the world around us. It's impossible to individually exclude each AOK's contribution to our current development. But instead, we must all finally appreciate the extent of progress that this coalescence of fields has created. Wow, that was one savage debate. It was great to have you guys. And listeners, we will be back with new topics and new debates for you. Until then, stay tuned.